All right, Adam, welcome to the dirt. Thanks, Jim. Appreciate it. Let's go. Yeah, man. It's good to have you here. Uh, so tell us a little bit about uh, who you are, you know, what you do, and, and why we should all listen in intently. Listen, man, I'm just a bald guy who lives in the low country of Charleston, South Carolina. And whether you listen to me or not, that's your choice, right? I, I can tell you where I failed. I can tell, tell you where I've had some successes. And at the end of the day, uh, I'm just blessed to honestly be here and giving, giving. I mean, I'm a spiritual guy, so I give all the thanks to, uh, to God. Yeah, man, me too. Mm-hmm. Me too. You know, uh, we uh, before the show started, we were talking a little bit about faith and faith driven mm-hmm. purpose. And I'm a new dad. You've been a dad for a while. You've you've uh, you we're both faith driven guys. How, mm-hmm. how do you how do you balance it all? That's a great question. I don't know if you ever balance anything, Jim. I, I really don't believe there is a balance. I think that you're um, OK. Let me just everything I'm saying is, is me, right? So I, I'm not a, I'm not a, a master in any of this. I have just failed so many times in so many different ways. Uh, I've been married twice, have two amazing kids, have lost a shitload of money, excuse me, have lost a lot of money and have made a lot of money, um, have great investments, have had bad investments. So the balance is, I don't think there's ever a balance, man. I think it's a counterbalance. I think you're constantly counterbalancing. So, so we were talking a little bit beforehand. You have a new child, my, mine are 15 and 13. And, and I was a professional tennis player, uh, taught tennis for a long time in SoCal. And both my kids go to a tennis academy here in Charleston. And every day for the last seven years, I have, I've had one accountability partner. And now I have... I don't gosh, I, I honestly don't know how many I text this to every single day. I could probably go back eight, nine, 10, 11, 11, and then two groups. So about 13 people every morning. Uh, I text them my top five things that I have to knock out for the day that are truly my 20%. Everything else doesn't matter. And I need to knock these things out. My one guy that I have accountability with, if I don't knock these things out, I owe him a thousand dollars for the day. And Jim, one of the things that I always end with, whether it's one through three or one through five, is one of two things. It is go to my kids' tennis academy by five o'clock because they finish at six and be totally unplugged, right? No phone. The phone stays in the truck and it's just me and the dog and we're walking around the academy watching the kids. Now, not necessarily with them at that moment in time, but they can see me. And that, that's just my time with them. And then I pick them up. We come home. We have dinner. Uh, we have hot tub nights, right? We sit in the hot tub. We engage that way. But I, I don't take my computer home, right? I, my, my, phone, my phone goes, you know, we've got work mode, sleep mode. I've got home mode, right? And I've got it set to a certain time. If you get me after like 6 o'clock, ain't no, I'm not replying, right? So anyway, so that's how I counterbalance all day long. So it's either, uh, it's either 5 o'clock with the kids. Or it's a specific time that I'm home with my wife and I'm done. I'm done. thousand dollars for not hitting the goals. How many times you had to do that? Well, probably at least in, in the last seven years, probably at least a dozen. <laughs> <laughs> that's an expensive lesson. Yes. That's, that's, no, that's the, the best lessons are the expensive ones. You don't, you don't make yeah. that mistake too many times. Well, he, here's what, here's what we know, Jim. We, we will lie to ourselves. Okay, again, coming back to Adam Roach, this is just me yeah. talking about myself. I, I can lie to myself. I can BS with myself all day long, right? But if I tell someone that I'm going to do something, my dad, who was an Olympic swim coach, nailed this into my head. And he said, Adam, the only superpower that you have is your word. 
right? That, that's the only superpower you have. And, and he taught me this definition of commitment, right? And he said, Adam, commitment is doing the thing you said you would do long after the original mood you set it in had left you. Yeah. I was like, Dad, I got to write that down because I, I, I really don't understand that. And to this day, I really comprehend that, that it's seven years, been, been sending this accountability, uh, staying in line with whatever I was supposed to do for the day and committing to it. Now, there will be days, instead of me sending a check mark next to it, I put the red X, the Venmo goes out, and I move on. Right, <laughs> but only twelve and seven years. Not, not, not. Only twelve and seven years. Yeah, not bad. Yeah, you could have bought a cheap. And I know you know that, that number. Right? I know it's not eleven or thirteen. <laughs> no, it's twelve. It is twelve. So you know, it comes down to to purpose and intention rather than balance. Is is a lot of what I'm hearing, right? And mm -hmm. um, so whether it's you know, let's let's switch the gears to the other entrepreneurs that you work with. Um, sure. You know, how do you how do you advise them or coach them on being intentional with their time and striking this counterbalance, if you will, between business and, and personal life? Let's go back to it, um, because I believe the people who are not we'll, we'll use the word balance, right? We'll use the word balance. I believe the people who do not have balance in their life have no clarity on their vision. Right. They, they, they are not clear on what is important to them, specific to where they are growing to. And here's what I mean, mm. whether it's my coaches that I'm coaching, whether it's my clients that I'm coaching, whether it's my kids that I'm playing with. I'll give an example of 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 an interesting one here. So my daughter is 13 and she'd had the same pro uh, since she was nine years old and really just loved him to death. I mean, she, she didn't know any different. Right. Um, and he's retiring. And this just happened this week. He's retiring. Wonderful man, wonderful tennis pro, very knowledgeable. And she was emotionally upset when she heard of his retirement. And so that night, I uh, was talking to her in her room and she starts crying big time. Right? This is, and again, when, when your daughter cries, for those that have daughters, you, you, dad, you know what that feels like. It's like you're, you're ready to go, you know, you're ready to unleash some fury on somebody. But that, but that wasn't the case here. And so I said, help me understand what, what do you, what's the most, what are you feeling right now? What is the sadness you're feeling? And she said, dad, he said he was going to be with me all the way through my UCLA career. He said that he was going to be with me in my box when I played at the U.S. Open. He said that we were gonna play mixed doubles at all of the Grand Slam tournaments. So, so as I'm listening to her, I'm thinking, how amazing is that? Here's a coach that had instilled in a nine-year-old, now 13, such a hardcore vision that she knew where she was going to, right? Yeah. And she was more upset that she didn't think he was gonna be with her when she achieved those things, yeah. <laughs> right? So what's really neat about that is, I said, here's the thing you get to do, sweetie, is when you do make it to the US Open or any Grand Slam, you can call him up and you can say, hey, I got a ticket for you to come into my box. But my point in saying all that, Jim, is the people who, in my opinion, don't have that balance, don't have a clear, don't have clarity on their vision, right? They really don't know what to say no to and they probably say yes to way too many things, yeah. right? So my daughter, if she got invited to go, I don't know, play hockey, she would say no, right? Because that's not in alignment with her getting to UCLA, her getting to the US Open. Um, 
Now, that was an exaggeration there of, of tennis and, and hockey, but at the same time, it's knowing what to say yes to and knowing what to say no to and knowing that you're saying yes to something, you're probably saying no to something else. And if it's not, I always use this. So I would say for, for those that can watch us, this, this hand, right? Your hand is a vision. This is your vision. Now, there's a difference between vision and goals, but this is your vision. And over here is the world, right? This is, this is, this is the path. This is distractions. This is your 20%. This is your 80%. And whatever comes into your world, if it's aligned like this, say yes. If it's not aligned, you get to say no, right? But if you don't have clarity, your world's going to feel not balanced. Yeah, and, and take that hand and make it four-dimensional, right? I mean, it's, you right. know, it's, uh, I love this, uh, the concept of, of Ikigai. You, are, you, mm. are you familiar? Uh, briefly, but not much, yeah. So, you know, aligning, you know, what you're great at, what the world needs, what you like to do and what you can get paid to do. And if all four of those can align, it's this Japanese concept of Ikigai. There's a lot of books Ooh. written about it, a lot of, a lot of things written about it, but, um, you know, really finding that for somebody is so, is so rare. Like if meeting all four of those <laughs> potential, uh, you know, paths in your life and doing, doing what you love, right. And having it be what the world needs and getting paid to do it and being really good mm -hmm. at it. Cause we all want to be really good at, at what we do. And, I think that applies to personal and business. So, well, you know, so one thing, Jim, I'll, I'll tell you. So, stay in the Japanese space. I think this is Japanese. I don't know. Uh, Misogi. Have you heard of a Misogi? No. So, Misogi, um, uh, where was I when I heard of this? It was a, a group I belonged to called Go Buttons. I was a founding member back in 2014 of this group. And uh, Jesse Itzler was, was, was amongst us, and we were having this conversation. He says, you know, I, I think he shared this on some YouTubes or podcasts or something, but he was talking about his, his annual Misogi, that it's a challenge that you set for yourself that you have no clear path on how to, right? I think one of his was like an ultra marathon or something or up a mountain, or I, I don't remember what it was. Yeah. And so everything else is, is, is blurry because there's your, there's your path, right? And so I attempted, and I say that because I have failed, uh, a Misogi this year, and it was, I'm a, I'm a health guy as well, uh, both both mental, physical, and emotional, to do a push-up and a crunch for each day of the year. So today was day 293, yesterday was 292, 291, so each day I had to do that many push-ups and crunches. Huh. And uh, I have a, I have a, I have a, um, a doctor that that is we're like bros and i was telling him about this and he's like listen let me ask you a question if i told you to stop would you i said it depends on the reason why you told me to stop and he says because if you if you destroy your shoulders is it worth it for the year after i was like probably not and he said okay fine so i did tweak my left shoulder on day 271 and and i've since slowed down a little bit so i did miss some days after day 271 though i did do 293 today uh, but that's a Misogi, right? And it, and it kind of goes back to what we're talking about with balance. I know that that's what I have committed to, right? That's what I had committed to. When I injured myself, I felt like shit because I lost my commitment, right? So I told myself in my accountability group that I would do that many crunches or that many uh, air squats. No way could I want to do that many air squats. No kidding. So a misogi is a really, for your listeners, go, go look up that word and see if you can create a misogi. If you don't have crystal clarity on your vision, create a one action or create something that gives you purpose and direction that maybe scares you 
um, see what comes on the other side of that. Yes, that's great. I I love I love that concept. You know, I do these like um, seventy five or or hundred day challenges. Um, mm-hmm. You know, a three sixty five connected to you know the the general vision that seems unachievable sounds right. uh, sounds like the next the next jump. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, it's fun. So so um, you know we we mentioned faith earlier, right? Um, and and how faith has kind of been this pivotal factor in 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 your life um mm-hmm. is there any is there any point of transformation uh where where faith was whether it's your own life or sure. you know a, a, a someone else in your life's transformation is there something some instance that just points out just this transformation around faith and how that affected their life so i'm a midwest boy at heart raised born and raised in indiana um, good Catholic boy. Well, I, I don't know if you can put good and Catholic boy together. I mean, we were never good Catholic boys, right? You and me um, both, brother. Yeah, ra- raised, <laughs> yeah, raised Catholic, right? And I'll tell you, growing up, mom and dad, well, not dad, dad has passed. Mom, if you're listening to this, which you probably aren't, I was scared to death of God, right? I was scared. Um, if I got in trouble, I had to go to confession. And I hated sitting in that little room. I hated that little slide door opening up. I, I mean, I knew my, my priest was on the other side, but I was scared of him too, right? Um, so there was a lot of fear as a child around faith. Um, it's funny because we have, we, we've, got a, we've got a really fun garden in our, at our home. And Dana, my wife, uh, brought home a statue of Jesus, right? And it's the one where he's, he's, he's pointing to his heart or something like that. And I said, honey, that statue scares me. I'm going to tell you why. Because when I was a kid, I was sitting in the Catholic church. I saw that in the stained glass window and I thought his heart was exploding all day, every day. So anyway, fast forward now, then I go to SoCal, right? So I'm playing professional tennis. Last, last little challenger that I was playing was in Southern California. Found out real quick, I was an American, not a European, is getting my butt kicked on this pseudo tour that I called. And I got into tennis business out there. And two of my tennis business partners were Jewish. And so one of them was actually a cantor, which is a singing rabbi, basically. And I had stepped away from from the Catholic Church and as fast as I could when I was able to drive. And um, I started going to I started going to um, to temple with with this this rabbi Hmm. and all my clients, for the most part, were Jewish in Beverly Hills. And, and some some were Iranian, so so Farsi uh, um, and Persian and those types of things. And so I got to learn a little bit more about that culture and really kind of immersed myself. And what I learned about that, from my opinion, was that it was a very family first religion, hmm. right? mm-hmm. very family first. Take care of yourselves. Take care of each other. Nothing else really matters outside of if you need to take care of your family first. No one else matters on the outside. But if your family's taken care of, you can take care of other people on the outside. Okay, so now fast forward. Now I live in Charleston, South Carolina. Um, I'm in the deep south, right? And and whoo, Christianity's everywhere here. Not to mention Southern Baptists and all those types of things. So I've now stepped into the Christianity space um, simply because I was at an event one time. Uh, and if your listeners are familiar with John Maxwell, it was a John Maxwell event, and he's a former pastor, also a, a writer of the leadership space. Uh, in the leadership space. And I got to meet him personally. And he said, if anybody's having a new walk with Christ, come, come, um, come have a conversation with me. 
So I did. Went up and started talking to him. He's like, give me. Now, we didn't know each other really well at the time. Uh, he said, well, Adam, give me your phone number and I'll call you. And we'll have a conversation on this. I'm thinking, here's a, here's a global, lead, global leader in leadership and he wants my phone number. He's not going to call me. Sure enough, he calls me. And, and I didn't know the number that was calling me. So I let it go to voicemail. <laughs> John Maxwell left me a voicemail. I thought, oh my gosh, what an idiot. So I called him back. He didn't answer. And then he finally called me back about three or four weeks later. And we had this really amazing conversation about Christianity. And so that was probably seven or eight years ago. And since then, I like to tell people I've got all my bases covered from Catholicism to Judaism to Christianity now. Um, and so here's, here's something I've started doing, Jim. Every morning when I go on my walks, I read, I read a devotional, right? I read a devotional on my phone, phone goes away, and then I meditate. And after I walk to the gym and walk home, do my push-ups, I pray out loud. And then when I get home, um, I then read in a book, a devotional. So I fill my morning with giving my thoughts to, to God, giving my, giving my energy to him. And this is just Adam Roach talking and it's, I'm not a master in this space. What I found is it just really fills me up, um, in that space. And, and I've got on my computer right here. If you have time to worry, you have time to pray, right? It's this, this isn't ours. None of this is ours, right? In my mind, I, none of this is mine. Um, I've been blessed to have all of these opportunities and, and I give God credit to everything. So, um, man, that's been my walk and it's been amazing over the last 20 plus years. You should check out this, uh, this company called pray.com that we just started working with. It's pretty, pretty awesome. Okay. I'll, I'll send you a link. Um, but you know, not, not to, not to go too far down the faith route, but also intentionally to go a little bit further down the faith route. Um, the um, I've noticed the same thing. You know, my, my journey with with being a Catholic and then maybe not losing my way, but definitely losing interest uh, mm -hmm. in 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 faith, um, and then finding it through some meditation and then spirituality, and then you know eventually getting back into you know uh, the Christian religion i never i never was lucky enough to also have a about with uh with judaism um but um i do have a lot i'll of, tell you the first the first brisk that i went to man I, that, that was a that was a wild experience i'll tell you what snip snip and then everyone says turn around let's eat i was like whoa i don't know if i can eat after watching that let me tell you after just having my son <laughs> circumcised a few days ago no thank you that's and that's a baby <laughs> yeah, i know they turned this into a party and i thought this isn't a party this is how do you eat after that? Sorry, sorry. <laughs> no, it's, it's very, very relevant. Yeah. Um, but you know, there's, um, there's this element of, of filling, of filling mm. your day and, and, and getting, um, a, a different level of, you know, not starting the day with you, but starting the day with God that has been a game changer for, yes. for me. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and, um, I wouldn't say my journey is complete in terms of entirely letting him drive my life forward. I, I've got a lot of ego things and stuff like that, that I'm still working through, mm -hmm. but, um, but it's, man, it's been a game changer. Just, just, yeah. a, just a tiny part of my journey that I feel like is, has, has, uh, transitioned effectively. Um, mm. and you know, the, the egos are something that gets in everyone's way from what I've sure. seen. Right. And it's a matter of where you are in dealing with that ego and how much you let it control your life or how much you let yourself be the focus of your life versus, you know, letting uh, God or something 
drive you that's bigger than you right um yep. and well, i'm sure you've heard the acronym of, of ego is edging god out right i no i actually have never heard that no that's yeah. <laughs> wonderful though that's yeah, that, right. i mean that's perfect that's perfect that's exactly what it is well you know but, it's interesting jim when we created the i love coaching company very similar to that acronym i so i created this process, right, of what I call a real coach, R-E-A-L, right? And stands for relevant, experiential, authentic leader is what real stands for. And a leader is someone that influences, right? And then what does influence mean? Influence means take action. So what's really powerful about that is none of it, in my opinion now, none of it's ours anyway, right? None of this is ours. So we have to give... Yeah credit for being relevant right uh for our experiences authentic man if you're if, if you are in a space of not being authentic you have massive insecurities right and i've been there many many times me too and and it's really neat because we start well every 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 friday so we're actually right after this call uh, this podcast, we have our community coach call and we've got, we've got coaches all over the country and I get to step in and facilitate training for about 35, 45 minutes. And we open it up for dialogue and a community, community conversation. And we actually have a pastor who is a coach also inside of I love coaching. And every Friday he takes us out with a prayer every Friday. We've got a coach who a female coach whose wife, whose husband is a pastor also. And so when pastor's not there, she steps in and takes us out with a prayer. And it's, it's what I'll do is I share with the coaches who are new to the community. If this is not your thing, that's okay. You can, you can hop off. There's no judgment. Um, there's no right or wrong though. Every community call we end with a prayer. I love that. Yeah. I love that. When, when you focus on overcoming the egos and, and avoiding self-sabotage as part of your coaching program, as I imagine you do there, are there any, you have to name names, but any transformation stories that, that stand out? Let's see here. Well, here's, here's what I think. We, we're all emotional beings, right? Truly, we're, we're emotional beings. Though, if you take it a little bit further, we're actually just spiritual beings, right? Yeah. We, we are a spiritual-based soul inside of a human body that if we allow our emotions to dictate our actions without giving true thought to being a spiritual being, you're going to make mistakes more times than not. Right. Yeah. So I'll give you an example. I was coaching um, a, a principal owner of a big time real estate brokerage. And we had created a whole new organizational flow for her company. And she was sharing that with some of uh, the board. And one of the board members was like, nope, I'm not in, not gonna do it. Nope, I don't, I don't, I don't believe it. I don't want it. I might actually sell my shares and get out of here. Hmm. She was beside herself, right? She was beside herself in emotion, okay? Yep. And so we went down this path of, of dissecting this emotion, which was ego-driven Ego-driven, based in an insecure emotion. And we only chatted for about 15 minutes of an hour-long call. 
And uh, and all I did is just kept repositioning her, her thought process, reframing her thought process, getting back to understanding what were the controllables in this situation, not emotional, but more logical. And we got to the end of it and you could hear her, the inflection in her voice going down from being massively energized, if you will, negatively, because it was all fear-based. And uh, she's like, Adam, I'm done. This is perfect. Thank you. I was like, hey, we got 45 minutes left here. And she's like, that's okay. I'm done. I don't need anything else. See you, bye. <laughs> and she hung up the phone. So I think transformations can happen just like that in 15 minutes. Yep. Yeah. Just like that. Uh, I, I'll, go to the, I'll go to the flip side. We've had coaches that don't align with us, that won't get out of ego, right? That, that do not show up authentically because all they want to do is look good and be right doesn't work. That's not, that's not, that's not true. Right. And so I have let coaches go who live in that space, because again, here's my core values. You have to align with our core values. I don't care how much money you're bringing in. Money's not, money's a byproduct of the value that you bring anyway. So if you're, if you're driven by money, sure. Money does a lot of good things for other people that when you receive it, you should give it right. Mm -hmm. My kids are 15 and 13 and, and I pay them for tournaments. It's a whole nother conversation. Tennis tournaments when they win, Though 10% has to go to giving, right? 30% has to go to savings and 60% they can keep and play with. Though they have to know how to give. And if you're not in a real coach space, you're not aligned with us and our core values because you're inauthentic, how to go. And oftentimes people have one coach, right? Or one advisor or one person that they lean on. Um, do, do you find value in them having multiple coaches um, or, or a singular coach. So again, let's go back to vision. It, it all, it all stems around vision, knowing that again, we're spiritual beings, but we live in a whole life, right? So your world is not just your business. Your world is not just your finances. Your world is your health, your relationships, your wealth, um, all of that. So I got remarried last August and to truly the love of my life we we call it we call it we're, we're equals right we call our we call each other equals and um though when we dated for probably five six years prior to that she she was also um uh, from a, a divorce relationship and, and we didn't we didn't wait because we were afraid to be married um but when we when i proposed we we had this whole long engagement and i thought if I don't, if I don't better myself, my fear is that my past will repeat itself. Hmm. So I went out and hired Dr. Kelly Flanagan. Let's give him a plug right now. Dr. Kelly Flanagan is, in my opinion, probably one of the most for, foremost experts in relationships and hired him. And we had met at another event and uh, he said, oh, I get to coach the coach of coaches. I said, this is gonna be fun. Yes. And so he, gosh, Jim, he did so good in coaching me in the relationship space. I'd never had a relationship coach, but at that moment in time, my vision was for me to step into a space of being a better Adam Roach than Adam Roach in the past. And so I knew I had to go hire that coach for that specific purpose. Hmm. I have a health coach, right? I still have a relationship coach. Uh, I have business coaches. And I also have financial coaches. So I have four coaches that I deal with on a monthly basis that coach me. It's expensive. It is expensive. Let me tell you the expensiveness though. When you make a mistake, that's more expensive. Yeah. 
And and how do the coaches that you've surrounded yourself with help you to not make those mistakes? So again, it's my community, right? So so my community of coaches, we we are all real coaches. And if anybody is in an inauthentic space, we get to call each other out, including myself. My name is on the bottom of the checks and I'm, I'm just as human as the next person. So we all, we're all in a big WhatsApp group also. Every morning I send my to-dos to that WhatsApp group and I'll push people also and they'll push me back. Um, when you find the right who's, and that's the most important part there, Jim, in my opinion, is you have to find the right who's. When I decided to step out of the real estate franchise ownership space, it's simply because I was not surrounded myself I had not surrounded myself with the right hoots, right? So after my father passed uh, in 2019, I took a hard look. And here's what really led me to this is I got to see all the athletes that he had had an impact on throughout his whole coaching career. And the impact that it it was was just mind-blowing to me. And what I realized, even of other coaches that showed up, telling stories of my father, I was like, gosh, you know, he really surrounded himself with people that pushed him as the main coach. And so I, I I audited my who's that were in my life at that moment in time. And I took a hard look and I, I owned three franchises and I walked in, I was like, guys, I'm out. So either you're going to buy me out or I'm going to buy you all out. It's, it's going to be pretty much that simple because this is no, nothing personal. You're just not my who's. Right? You're just not the people that I want to surround myself with. And Jim, again, a truly a God blessing that they all decided to buy me out. All three different franchises, right? And it was just like, whew, that's exactly what needed to happen. And so when I when I started the I Love Coaching Company in 2019, I knew what my core values were. And then as I go to find and recruit coaches to put them into our ecosystem, you got to align with our core values. Right. You got it. You got to understand our vision, our mission, and align with our core values. It's a barrier to entry, and I'm okay with it because I want the gyms uh, in, uh, of the world in my ecosystem. Because you're going to push me just like I'm going to push you, yeah. authentically. So let's let's translate this to parenting for a second. Ooh, um, good one. So I'm just going to leave it open ended. Um, what are some pointers as a new father, as I'm sure others are listening as maybe new fathers or fathers in general or mothers? Um, what, you know, how did these things connect? How does this connect to parenting? Mm. Well, again, for those that are that are not seeing us, I'm bald. So I have I've pulled out my hair trying to answer this question. No, um, I think that's more I think that's more genetics or it could be stress at the same time. Um, you know, it's it, Jim, in my opinion, I think that there is no book, right? That there's no right or wrong book though. As a father, my job that I tell the kids as, as all, as I tell my kids all the time, my job kids is to keep you in a kid brain as long as possible. Because when you step into an adult brain, you have to be emotionally, physically, mentally prepared to step into that adult brain. And so we, we've used that language since they could understand English, right? And um, I'll give that. an example. My, my daughter, 
my daughter, we, we, we live in kind of a golf cart community and she was driving the golf cart and she had her cousins on there and it was kind of a six seater, we call it the limousine golf cart. And at the time, let's see here, that was last year. So she's like 12 years old. Um, really shouldn't have been driving the golf cart because I think you actually have to be 15 to drive the golf cart around the neighborhood, but she's driven many times. Um, and was on the golf cart driving. This was a good one. Had her phone, looked down at her phone, and we all know what it feels like to, to have your hand on the steering wheel, look down, and the wheel goes that way, right? And she hit a mailbox. And she hit a mailbox, and the mailbox hit her cousin. And he had a scratch on his face, and, and I wasn't with them. She came back, and she was just, just scared, uh, upset, and all these things. And so I sat her down. Instead of just reaming her, which I really wanted to do, I said, let me ask you a question. When you stepped onto that golf cart, um, was that an adult brain moment or was that a kid brain moment? Meaning that you were now responsible for that vehicle. You're responsible for the people on the vehicle. Were you in a kid brain or an adult brain? And she's like, I, I, I don't know. And I said, I'm going to answer the question for you. You were in a kid brain in an adult moment. And the outcome of that was what you got, okay? Because you were in a kid brain. So let me ask you a question. Do you want to step into an adult brain now? Or do you want to stay in a kid brain as long as possible? I want to stay in a kid brain. Great, great. So here's what we're going to do then. You're not going to drive the golf cart until you're ready to be in an adult brain at that moment. Now, my intention was to, to have her see the difference and also put a little fear in there. But instantly the next day I made her get on the golf cart. So she wasn't afraid of the golf cart. I was in the passenger seat and I said, we're going to go around the block and you're going to drive. And I want you to step into an adult brain. Now an adult brain means that you're focused. An adult brain means that you remove distractions. An adult brain means that you follow the rules of the road. And that's an adult brain. As soon as we get back, plug the golf cart in. You want to get out, you want to jump on the trampoline, you want to get on your phone and do those types of things. Go back to kid brain, right? Mm -hmm. So that's how I parent. And I tell them all the time that my job is to make them the best adults possible, right? The best adults possible. Here's another good story. So my son, they're homeschooled basically. Um, so they go to the academy and their, their school is there, but it's all a homeschool program, which means it's all online. And from time to time, so that means they take their tests online, they do everything online. And from time to time, the, the uh, headmaster, the principal, will do a, um, a, a Google, uh, a history search of their, of their searches on, on Google, right? And what she's looking for is the time that they search for something and the search based on when they're taking tests, right? Hmm. Yeah. And so my son texted me last yesterday and he's like, dad, guess what? There was an, he called it the audit. He, there was an audit of our, of our search history during, dur it was just a random one. I was like, cool. And he said, this person, this person, this person got caught. And I was like, very good. I said, did you get caught? And here was his answer. This was so good. He didn't say, no, I didn't get caught. You know what he said? Dad, I don't cheat. It's like, yeah. perfect. There you go. There you go. Did you get caught? No, I, I don't get caught because I don't cheat. I thought, good. So we had a good long conversation in the, in the hot tub last night about that. And we talked about integrity, right? Integrity is doing the thing uh, that you're supposed to do even when no one's watching or the lights are off, right? Yeah. Yeah. So that that's, that's how I parent. I don't know yeah. if it's right. I don't know if it's wrong. If we've got some uh, psychologists or some, some, some uh, um, 
parenting experts. I would love to hear their feedback on that. All right, let's do another show with uh, the foremost experts in parenting. <laughs> <laughs> let's let's switch gears here for a second to um to to business systems, right? Um, because I know you're a big systems guy, whether you were at Keller Williams mm -hmm. or you know in in businesses around coaching or you know just general systems and frameworks. What um I guess what 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 drove you to the fact that you need a system? Um, mm -hmm. And um, and can you share any example of how implementing a structured system has significantly impacted either yours or or someone you work with business success? Yes. So look at yourself in the mirror and, and see how broad your shoulders are, because that's a, that's how much you can carry, right? That that in my as I coach when I talk to clients that are carrying the weight of their business. We, I ask them, how broad are your shoulders? Because again, and how much can you carry? Hmm. The question, the answer is usually not much. So I'll give you an example of systems and the system that I built. When I took over at Keller Williams office here in Charleston, we had about 125 agents doing maybe $200,000 in profit. And my role was to go recruit. My role was to go find revenue producers and increase my revenue. That was it. That was my role. And then, and then coach and consult and train and do those other things. Though the, the system that I was taught was very uh, uh, inefficient and not effective. And so I had to reach out, right? I know sales is a contact sport, so I had to reach out. And this was 2013, so not real big in the social media DMing just yet. Um, so mine was all phone calls. And so here, here was the system that I had first, Jim. It was, I printed off every phone number of every agent here in Charleston. At the time, it was like, I don't know, 3,000. And I had a pile right here. It was to my left. And, I, and they were all sheets of every agent. And I'd take one off, and I'd look at it and said, Bob Smith, phone number, email. I would just call. And I'd write the date. I'd write my conversation, or I'd put uh, NVM for no voicemail. And I put that in answered, didn't answer conversation or appointment set pile. And I go to the next one and I go to the next one. I go to the next one. I'd make a hundred calls a day. And, and I realized, gosh, what a labor intensive shouldering process that was. So I paused for a second. I'm a big whiteboard guy. I love whiteboards. I love to see flow. I love to see processes from from an from uh, inefficient to efficient and then let's break it all down and audit it and look for your bottlenecks right mm -hmm. so i created a system called recruiting bridge uh now here's a fun story i floated it all out one of my one of my old buddies from from high school and college who actually crashed one of my cars when we lived in los angeles and i took the fall for it right um and, and i paid for everything too and so i had this little chip and he was a he was a big time uh, programmer and so I said, hey, remember that car you crashed in mine that, 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 that I've got a favor to ask? I said, I got this system. Can you, can you program it and can you build it? And so he looked at it and he calls me back a couple of days later. He's like, yeah, I can build this. It's like, great. So he builds this system called Recruiting Bridge. And, and we played with it. We tweaked it. And it was just for me, right? It was just for me. And, and this is the power of also becoming a category king. And teaching people how when they have a problem, if you have the solution, boom, you can grow a business instantly. 
So recruiting bridge was something that I was using to make myself more efficient. So that big old stack, who went into a CRM database? That, that phone calls, boy, I could call right from the system. I could text from the system. I could email from the system. And it was socially social media integrated. So if I wanted to go to the social media, I could push a button, all done right there, and boom, out we went, right? So I was able to increase my efficiency. So let's, let's pause that. And when I sold the company, uh, we, had, we had grown to nearly 400 plus agents doing almost a million dollars in profit. And that was a, that was a um, 2013, 2014-ish, 2019, so about four or five years, four or five years. That company, that I created a company, uh, was inside of Keller Williams, and at one point in time, had over 89% of all of the franchises using Recruiting Bridge, and I learned about a subscription model. They were all paying $399 per month, and we built a company. It was great. So that, that's, yeah. that's, a, that's a story of a system, right? Is understanding where your pain is, understanding that you can't shoulder this. You've got to find the efficiencies in the process. And I'm not saying be a pioneer and create something, but go find some pioneers that have already created something, understand your bottlenecks, and then fill it with a system. My opinion, mm -hmm. a system can be a tool. It can be a person. Uh, it can be a resource of sorts. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's a... Uh... You got to select something that fills the gap, right? It's kind of, it's kind of what yeah. you're saying. It's like, mm -hmm. it's not, don't have a system to have a system, have a focused purpose and intention around where the gaps in your business are, or the gaps in your life or the gaps in your faith or whatever it might be and mm -hmm. find the system that, that fulfills that purpose. Yeah, for sure. And what I would say in continuation with that is you may not know, right? So this is going to be a shameless plug, but that's why you go find a coach. Right, because a coach will look, a coach will look at you from a fifty thousand foot view and can look down and see where you are being inefficient. They can look down and point out with no emotion where you have opportunities, right? And that's yep. that's why that's why I have the company called I Love Coaching because coaching our vision statement is to so we're a coach based company to empower coaches to change and serve a hundred million people by using the real blueprint that I created. And real again is the acronym for relevant, experiential, authentic leader. Mm -hmm. And, and we're on track. I mean, I don't know about on track to a hundred million. That was a number that came to me when I was mourning of my father and I was sitting on the beach praying and crying and journaling and listening to music and putting sunscreen on my head. And um, yeah, a hundred million popped in when I was journaling. And so that's where it lives. And, and I don't know how we're going to get to a hundred million, but I guarantee you, Jim, we'll figure out how to get to a hundred million. I think what it really is, is think about that, that pebble that goes in the water, that ripple, that's, what's going to happen, right? You hire a coach because you want to become more efficient in your world. Your systems need to be better. That coach that impacts you, guess what you get to go do? You get to now go impact somebody else better in your space, whatever that is. And that person goes impact somebody else because you impacted them. That's how I see the hundred million come to life. So let me ask you a, a hard question, I guess, and one that I've battled with a lot. <clears throat> um, you know that there's there's a lot of truth to um, focusing so much on wealth that it gets in the way of um, faith, right? Yes. Uh, that it yep. gets in that it gets in the way of God and 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 we've talked a lot about that side of things and and then this 100 million dollar number comes up right how how do you how do you keep 
got at the forefront while still having a number as the goal? So a hundred million isn't the number of dollars and cents. It's the number of people that we want to impact a hundred million people. Yeah. Got it. So got it. Okay. The, the, though on the wall right over here, um, I do have a goal to get to a million dollars a month of, of building this company. So the easy answer for me, Jim is, is it's not mine. Yeah. It's, it, it's not mine. This is not mine. I know none of this here is mine. I've been, I've been graced with the opportunity to have the success that I have through being faithful, right? That's, that's what I believe. I, like I said, I've made and lost millions. When I lost, I had lost vision of, of that path of, of faith, right? What's given to you is also can be taken from you, right? It's, it's, um, man, I got, I got to sit with last week, um, Dan Cathy. Dan Cathy is the chairman of the board of Chick-fil-A, right? He's the son of Truett Cathy, founder of Chick-fil-A. So it's, it's us, it's my wife, and there's about 20 others, and we're in a roundtable leadership discussion. And I tell you what, he, from a leadership standpoint, Jim, instantly, we're going into a leadership conversation, he quotes scripture, right? He quotes scripture. He, quote, he quoted um, Matthew 5, 41. It's right, go, go in the mile, go the extra mile, go to mile two, right? So it's basically the eye for an eye also. It, it, it starts and ends there. For me, it starts and ends in the faith base. 100, 100 million, 1 million a month. It, it's, 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 I've got on the vision board that we will tie the $100,000, right? And, and <clears throat> we plan on taking the kids to mission type stuff so they can see the outside and, and understand the giving process. 10% they have to give in their, their savings account because, again, it's not theirs. Yeah. Um, we are just stewards of it and, and we have to step into that space and believe it. All right, I, I believe that, that's that again, this is just Adam Roach talking here. I'm no, not dude, preaching to anybody. This is how I live my life. I mean, it's your, it's your truth. Right. And it's, yep. it's, um, I think it's a, a truth that a lot of people push towards, but maybe don't always fulfill because I think that there's always an, a number in their mind that, that put especially driven people that pushes mm -hmm. them and that to a degree, whether they say so or not, they believe they, they haven't switched that, that thing to know that this is not theirs, right? They, they, they want to do that, but that doesn't necessarily mean that they've converted into that mindset. And it's, mm -hmm. it is, it is, it is definitely a switch. And there's something that connects to it based on our previous conversation. I, I want to end here before we, we uh, hop into our founder five at the end. Um, so the question is, there's this concept that you talk about and that you've had called beach chair moments, right? Mm -hmm. um, yep. So how have these beach chair moments shaped your go forward truth? Yeah. And what so, are they? Yeah. So, so very simple. And again, the beach chair moment was four days of me mourning my, my father's passing. And so number one, that was when I understand that who you surround yourself with matters. Right. And sure. Was it scary going in and talking to all my investor partners that, that I was either buying them out or they were buying me out? Yes. But I felt called to do that. So I had no attachment to the outcome. So that was number one. Number two, really stepping into my faith even more 
knowing that as I walk home and pray out loud. I know my neighbors think I'm crazy. There goes Adam Roach walking down the middle of the street talking to, who's he talking to? He's just talking out loud. I talk to my dad at the same time, right? So every every morning, pray out loud. Um, and then when, I, when I'm finished praying, I will talk to my dad, right? And so that was, that, that's something that was hard for me to figure out, though at the beach chair moment, I was afraid to talk to him because I was so sad, though now that had led me to this moment of, he, he's a spiritual being, so he's around me all the time, and I know that, and, and unfortunately, my wife's father just passed about two months ago, so now I include him in the conversation as well. I think the last thing there, Jim, is my entire life prior to those that beach chair moment was was a was a hundred miles an hour every second, right? And what I realized was that he was sixty nine when he passed, and it's gone like that, right? He 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 only found out he had Parkinson's because he was training for a triathlon, and that he had run many that he had performed in many times. And his times were getting slower. His times were getting slower. And he thought, what is going on here? I was like, dad, you're getting older. And he's like, no, no, something's not right. So he went to the doctor and the doctor's like, yeah, you have Parkinson's. That's why you're slowing down. He's like, oh, wow. So time is, your life is futile, right? It, it, it's, 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 it can be gone in a, in a second. So, man, I choose to live every moment in intentionality, giving grace to God because it, It'll be gone tomorrow, right? This is all finite. It's all finite. Yeah. It's all finite. So that beach chair moment led me to that too. So now um, we have we have a um, a family a family uh, agreement that we don't rush. There, there's no rushing, right? If you rush, the definition of rush is you said yes to something you should have said no to. That's what we say, right? Mm. So so if you're rushing, it's it's not because you woke up late. It's not because something else. It's, it's you chose to do something else that you said yes to that you should have said no to. Because again, you knew what that time was. Mm -hmm. Every morning I'd take the kids to tennis at 6.45. If I get up at 6.15, I chose, I said yes to getting up at 6.15 versus getting up at 4.45, right? And that is a yes, which means that I now have to rush. Don't say yes, right? So that, that was it, that's it. Beach chair Beach moments, chair moments, man. Beach chair moments, yep. Mm -hmm. All right, let's hop into Founder 5, which is just five quick hit questions to close us off about you and your growth. So the first one is the top metric or KPI that you are relentlessly focused on. So the number of days that I exercise today, today was day 232 out of 280 was the goal is the goal nice. for the year. Okay. All right. Yeah. 50 days left. That's right. Yeah. All right. Um, a, uh, a top tip for growth stage founders like yourself. Mm, find your who's find your who's find your coaches. Uh, Money doesn't matter. Go put it on a credit card because, again, that ROI will be much greater than the opposite of not. Nice. Yep. A uh, favorite book or podcast that's helped you to grow? Gosh, there's one called The Dirt, right? I think it's – is that is that the name of The Dirt? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Appreciate uh, the, the, Thanks for the plug. <laughs> that's right. Uh, I read what really kicked me off. Gosh, this was probably 20-plus years ago was the book called Titan. Titan is, I believe, a biography of, not an autobiography, but a bi biography of John D. Rockefeller. Hmm. And in there, it talks about basically how he dominated the oil space uh, with Standard Oil. And I bet I've read, it's probably a 700-page book. I think I've probably read it at least three or four times. Nice. 
um, a piece of advice that counters traditional wisdom? Mm. Um, a piece of advice that counters traditional wisdom. Ooh, that's a really good one. Uh, let's see here. Being bald is better than having hair because I get to give myself my own haircuts and, and I don't have to worry about what's going on up here. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I expect you to just say something like, give it, give it all to God, not for yourself or something along those lines. But I, I like this one too. <laughs> okay, good. <laughs> all right. Um, what is going to be the title of your autobiography? Oh, easy. Beach share moments. I love it. All right. Um, I got one special thing just since we're both dads to close us off. I had a, I started doing dad jokes a couple episodes and people asked me to keep them in here. So this, this one's just for you. How many life coaches does it take to change a light bulb? Ooh, two. I don't know. How many? Only one, but the light bulb has to want to change. <laughs> That's good. That's real good. <laughs> You've given, oh, you've given good. a well, ton Oh, go, go ahead. What was that? No, I was going to say that was, that was a really good one. Hold, hold that one. <laughs> <laughs> okay. You got it, man. Uh, you've given uh, a ton to, to everyone listening in today, Adam. So just time for a little bit of self-promotion. How, how sure. can those listening help you out? Um, you can help us out by, by gosh, stepping into your own space, right? If you, if you want to come coach with us, if you're a coach or if you need a coach, go to ilovecoachingco.com. Fill out the, the 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 questionnaire. Come connect with us. Connect with me on Instagram, Adam R Roach. So two R's there, Adam R Roach. Uh, you can find us on Instagram as well. I love coaching co. If you happen to be in the southeast area, we are doing a whole life planning summit, November second and third. You can go to I love coaching summit twenty twenty three dot com. Check that out. John Maxwell is our keynote speaker this year, and we will. It'll be a two day event focusing on health, wealth, relationships, spirituality, community, and leadership. That's it. All right. Adam Roach, thanks for joining us on The Dirt, man. Jim, my pleasure. Thanks for having me. God bless, everybody. God bless.